Hello, welcome to the Downstream from Religion podcast. My name is Rabbi Ian Bailey, LCPC, and we shall continue our study of the book of Judges. We are on chapter 3, verse 12. And the children of Israel continued to do evil in the eyes of God, and God sent Eglon. He strengthened this king, Eglon, who was king of Moab, over Israel. And this Eglon gathered the children of Ammon and Amalek. Amalek, we shall define these nations. Struck Israel and took possession of the city of Date Palms, which is Jericho. And the children of Israel served Eglon for 18 years. We must understand who this attacker is. In Hebrew, Eglon means a fat calf. He is from a place called Moab. So Eglon and Moab are very significant. Eglon is described as someone who is nondescript. He accepted all gods as true, which is logically impossible. He's fat. He's sort of a man who is not discerning at all. He's just a large hunk of a man who accepts everything. And Moab is the nation, actually, that came from Lot's relationship with his daughters. However, eventually, Ruth, who is great-great-great-great, etc., grandmother of King David, is from Moab. So they have an attribute as a nation that can be both positive and negative. This attribute is to be non-discerning, to be moldable, not to judge. It says that Ruth had a child, and this child was called by the name of Naomi. She raised this child who became father great-great-great-grandfather of the, um, King David. Uh, it's an attribute also called kindness in a way. There's a certain kindness that Ruth had in terms of her giving and being non-discerning, totally converting to Judaism and accepting her, her life. So the people of Moab, they have an attribute of, for the good, being non-discerning and being able to mold themselves into who they want to become, but when they became evil, this King Eglon, the king of acceptance, um, ruled over them and developed. The sister nation, Ammon, was grabbed to come with them. And I associate this nation with the guarding attributes. The healthy guarding was done by Isaac. Unhealthy guarding is done by Avimelech, I'm not sure what the exact uh, Christian pronunciation is, but it means that someone is strong to attack, defensive, whereas uh, Isaac was a master of self-control, and he knew when to uh, protect himself or when to do an outward attack out of safety. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that Moab uh, sort of partners in crime, dynamic duo with Ammon, one was stronger, one was more, um, you know, open. And they grabbed Amalek. Now, Amalek is a unique nation that keeps popping up over and over. This is a nation that cannot stand religious fervor. When the Jewish people came out of Egypt, they were on fire religiously, believing in God. God had demonstrated himself to the Hebrews. But they came and they attacked from the back. They attacked the women and the children, the slowest people who were walking in the nation. 
And the Jewish sages understand that these are people who cannot stand religious excitement. They just have to cool it off like a fat man jumping into a bathtub. He might get scalded, but everyone that comes after him has an easier time. So everyone that came after Amalek could wear down the Jewish people. Those are the attitudes of this nation. We'll get even deeper into this. The city of Date Palms, I believe it's described that way because it's prosperous. And Jericho was a huge statement that Joshua and the Jewish people conquered Jericho. They served him for 18 years, which is a long time. So God heard the cries of Israel, and he set up a savior, Ehud, son of Gera, from Benjamin. He had a withered right hand. He was a left-handed individual. So if you look on a map, and again, I highly recommend the map, picture that triangle that we mentioned. So the triangle is on its side, not the long way, but the point is to the left. That is the point towards the Mediterranean Sea where Gaza is. The tribe of Dan and the Philistines live there. The right side of the triangle goes up and down the Jordan River. It's tall. So around um, the middle, down 10-15% is the Dead Sea. Above that is Jericho, one of the places that nations crossed over. On the right side is where Ammon and Moab live. And on the left side is the tribe of Benjamin. That is why God sent Ehud. It is nearby. However, Benjamin is a worthy match for this Eglon. And this is step one in our journey to kingship. Step one is humanistic giving, non-discerning kindness. And Benjamin is a tribe that is the youngest the most non-discerning, non-descript tribe. And it's a match for Moab. It's sort of the, the good and the bad side of humanistic giving, the good and bad side of acceptance. That's the word we'll use today. So Ehud knew all about when to accept and when to put his foot down, or here, to put his sword down. And what he did is he did the opposite of being non-discerning. He was cunning. Cunning for a righteous cause. Cunning to get rid of idolatrous thinking. He made a sword which was a cubit long. A cubit is about one and a half to two feet. And he put it on the right side of his clothing. The guards, he went to visit Eglon and the guards did not check that side because they assumed he was right-handed and he would pull the sword off of his other side, the left side. He snuck in to the king and with sneaky cunning, he was able to slay him and save the Jewish people. So in a physical sense, Ehud outsmarted Eglon in terms of their basic personalities. But in a deeper spiritual sense, there's something much more afoot. As I mentioned, Eglon accepted all the different gods. This is very similar to a plague in our times, which is postmodern thinking. Postmodern thinking, postmodern thinking posits that every, everything is acceptable, everything goes, every opinion has validity. However, scientifically, logically, this is impossible. There is only one truth. We are all striving for that truth. It's actually not mean to say, I believe what I believe. I don't agree with you. 
But I allow you to believe that. That's actually paradoxically kindness. Through being more discerning, we are actually being more relaxed and open. If we say, we must accept everything, I will accept everything, that open-mindedness ends up with actually having stricture, the opposite. The same themes. People are so open-minded that their brain falls out. <laughs> and they cannot handle everyone else's brain. So here, what, A what Ehud is doing, he's not just getting rid of a violent foe. He is showing the world that idolatry of this kind, of accepting everything, is false. He takes his point of his sword, one singular point in time, that is the point of truth, and he plunges it into this big fat belly, a non-discerning, comestible eating. He says, no, you're allowed to not accept everything. You're allowed to have a one singular point in time, and that point is representative of one God, one unity of the universe repudiation of everythingness. One God, one unity. Thank you for listening to Downstream from Religion podcast. If you have any questions, please send them to rabbi at rabbibailey.com. I hope you have a blessed day.